Hey there, Second City Hockey listeners, it's Dave Melton here, and before we get to the show, I wanted to let you in on a little secret. All of those ads you just heard, if you want to listen to the show without them, visit secondcityhockey.com and sign up for either one of our subscription tiers, where the perks include ad-free versions of the Musings on Madison podcast. And with the first overall selection in the 2023 NHL Draft, the Chicago Blackhawks are very proud to select from the Regina Pats, the Western Hockey League, Connor Bedard. Welcome in to another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager at Second City Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at DML57. The main account there is also at 2ND City Hockey. If you're listening to this podcast and you want to support us, best thing you can do is wherever it is you are listening to this, leave us a five-star review that you know we deserve. If you leave us four stars or fewer, we assume you're a Blues fan. SecondCityHockey.com is where we've got all our game previews and recaps, and we just started getting our prospect updates that are up there uh, at the website today. And if you want to see those prospect updates and other things that we're going to be doing throughout the entire season, the exclusive content, there's two tiers for that. Five bucks a month, 10 bucks a month, the Corey Crawford and Connor Bedard tiers, respectively. There's also merch there where you can further support our website with a whole bunch of T-shirts and hoodies and all that good stuff. Um, and and tell a friend, tell a family member, tell an enemy, tell tell everyone about us. Uh, we'd love to continue growing and expanding this operation as the Blackhawk season continues. I've got it's. Uh, it feels like it's been a while since I've been able to say this, but I've got a full complement of line mates uh, available to me this evening. And uh, up first, he is on. Uh, excuse me, he's on Twitter. At Mill at Mill one eighty two, and he is the second city hockey. What Grady Allen is to anxious, it's Mill Savage. That's another great band. You're on a roll, Dave. I thank you. I uh, they opened for Wonder Years. I think it was a couple yeah, a month or two ago. Their album's really good. I like it a lot. I'm alarmed at how young they all looked. Like everybody in the band looked like they were like twenty, and I didn't like it. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're like a hardcore, like a bunch of hardcore kids who started a pop punk band and it worked. So you get one a good one of those every now and then. Yeah, I mean it. They were they put on a really good show. Really, really, really enjoyed watching them. Like that's a band that uh, I didn't know anything about, and then since seeing them as an opener, been listening to them, and it's it, it's a fun. That's I feel like that's I, I enjoy that that can still happen to me at concerts because I feel like you get to a certain age and that you you get too old to show up for the openers. You right. just show up for the headliners. But so that was a pleasant surprise recently. Well, quick anecdote. I was supposed to see them. Well, I went to see another band I was going to go see, but they were on the bill and I was excited about that. And to tell you anything about where we live, it got snowed out in March. <laughs> so yeah, that'll happen. There you go. Also with us this evening, she is not on Twitter, but she's at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR, where she is the Second City Hockey Bull and Wall of Text. It's Betsy. I don't want it to snow. <laughs> like, if it's going to be cold, might as well snow, right? It's not even that cold. It's like, it was like 50 today. Like, <laughs> like 55. Yeah. Like snow, I my, my stance on snow has always been... Uh, it's I enjoy it before the calendar turns to the next year. So November, December, give me all the snow. White Christmases are great. Uh, after that, usually by about mid-January, I've had enough and I'm ready for the spring. So uh, so I'm still in the acceptable snow mode. Although I've got to say, uh, waking up to an, uh, an inch or two of snow on Halloween, the day after Halloween was not expected this year. So, so at least you didn't get that. I mean, I would have taken that, though. I mean, like, I, just, I know, like, I was like, like aghast earlier, like in like a podcast ago when you were like, I'm camping and it's cold. And like, no. <laughs> That's right. You <laughs> said that is, that is the most, uh, most fervent. No, I think I've ever heard you give <laughs> in, well, in the I, few years we've been doing this. That's my, but my whole thing is like, I would, ca- I might camp. I don't know if I can't, but I'd go to a cabin if it was snowing and cold, but I wouldn't want to like, like, I, the Chicago snow freaks me out a little bit when I used to visit 
like family, I'd be like, this snow is taller than me, but I, you know, as a kid, um, but I, I guess snow probably could still be taller than me. I'm not tall. <laughs> Five, three. So I don't know. <laughs> if it ever gets that high, but down here, I think the highest it's gotten in like two decades is like three foot. You, it gets up to your like knee, knees, maybe your waist in certain areas, tops. The entire uh, how, how, how Atlanta, sad becomes, Atlanta becomes, you know, a zombie town. Um, literally yeah. looks like the cut, like the first opening um poster of the walking dead with all like the cars <laughs> on the road and stuff that's what it looks like yeah well uh i i look forward to reporting back when we get a foot of snow up here should be should be a good time <laughs> also with us this evening uh back on twitter at i think it's eric geg the second city hockey pizza correspondent eric eggenheimer good evening there's no way we're gonna get snow on christmas of course we got it on halloween it's gonna be like 58 degrees on christmas and then January 2nd through May 18th, it's going to be just snow all over the place and terrible. So thanks, El Nino. It's already coming. I can feel it. Um, I Well, last year, I felt like we got a white Christmas in the Chicagoland area last year because it snowed on like the 23rd-ish. And then it's the, it was like negative. The I think the temperature was either in single digits or below zero for Christmas Day. So the snow obviously wasn't going to melt because it was absolutely frigid. So I think, yeah, I think if I remember that correctly, that happened last year. So, so, so but that also would seem to defeat the uh, lower the odds that it'll, we'll get that again this year. I don't remember that, but I'm not saying you're wrong. There's lots of things I don't remember these days. So <laughs> that, that <laughs> there. will be one of them. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that's. I feel like I, my uh, my ability to remember specific instances is becoming less and less uh, less detailed now. There's a lot more scenes missing. I can get like the general idea, but if you want me to you want me to fill in the story piece by piece, uh, I'm gonna need some cliff notes. <laughs> I'm gonna need. I can give you the cliff notes. I need more detailed notes if uh, to be able to get the rest. Check so out like my the- column on guy remembering. <laughs> <laughs> guy guy remembers things <laughs> let's re- I, I would like to remember something i can i can remember uh blackhawks players that did nothing from the early 2000s but exactly you what happened, remembering guys yeah you asked me what happened last week and like, oh it was uh nice maybe or, or maybe the weather sucked i don't know yes uh what you know what, you know what did happen actually that i do remember in the last two blackhawks games um Connor Bedard did some things that uh, I I think I don't I, I think there had been an element of everybody waiting for the cool things to start happening because they it seemed like he had been on for a while he had been on the verge of if you had any noise you just heard was me just spiking my phone uh, any it felt like Bedard had been on the verge of some sort of uh, scoring binge because he had been racking up chances, shots, and uh, and everything but goals. And then in the last two games, you had two goals against the Florida Panthers on Sunday Sunday afternoon at noon, which we can talk about later why that game was being played at that time. I, I have no idea why. And then Thursday night against the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Hawks won 5-3, to three and Bedard had five, uh, four points on those five goals. So it, it feels like we're getting the counter Bedard now that like we're, we're starting to see – what we were all hoping to see. And I just, it, it is, it was so much fun watching these last two games because you can see everything happening in front of your eyes of like, this is just the beginning. It's going to get better. He's 18 years old. His prime is years away. It's just in, it's insane to think of how much better it can get from where it is right now because it's already looks so damn impressive. Now, uh, Betsy, what was going through your mind as you were watching these last two Blackhawks games? First, I'm glad I got to be the person that recapped a good game. <laughs> I feel like I deserve yes. it after that Arizona game. I need to get like three more in. Yeah. Um, but I mean, first let's just for the first game against the lightning, the team was outplayed in the first period and still came out with a ton of goals. So that was neat. 
um, because that doesn't usually happen. <laughs> yes. And then they did a good job of like playing well defensively in the latter two periods. Um, they still got outplayed, but they they did it. They did it in a conservative way. You know, like they they knew that they were go- not going to have possession, so they they kind of crunched in tight and did everything like that. And then Connor Bedard being able to like, he's getting so good at reading plays. And a lot of what happened was him being able to read the ice so well. Um, And some of them were lucky bounces, but everybody will tell you that a good player is also a lucky player. Um, He made those bounces happen. His line mates helped make those uh, bounces happen. And it was, it's just really cool to watch. And then the Florida game the team was just bad, except for Connor <laughs> Bedard. He was amazing. And I and Richardson said it afterwards that he was pretty much the only player that had any real jump. Um, and I think the interesting thing is that even when, as a team, the Hawks are getting outplayed, Connor Bedard's line is usually the only one above water or very close to it. Um, so he is definitely driving like his line and his production and he's doing a really good job. And it's cool to see the pucks finally going in and us being able to see, we, we saw the skill already and it, him just being rewarded for it is very cool. Um, I thought, I think we all thought that it was going to, this was going to wait until they had gotten into the easy part of the schedule. Cause they've just been stacked. Um, good team after good team with the occasional Canadians and whatever. And, and um, the uh, occasional Arizona Coyotes. And we're not going to talk about that. that anymore, Jay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, sorry. I forgot. I forgot. So I think it's, I think it's extra like awesome that he did it against two pretty good teams. You know, Tampa and Florida are good teams. Um, they're a little bit deflated from like previous years, I think, but they're still so so good um it's just we're lucky we're very like we've suffered for many years and it's it's exciting to have um a player to really root for again um, from the start of their career it's just really cool (laughs) yeah it's it's like it's hard to every time i've tried to write about it um i'm just like trying to express what the what this is like, it's like I, hard to find words, but it's just like, it's kind of like, this is one of the most fun things about being a sports fan is when your team is just getting going and there, there's no expectations and you can just sit back and watch it and enjoy it. And I think that's where the Blackhawks are right now, especially where uh, Bedard is right now. Like there's no expectations whatsoever on this team this season. So uh, you can just enjoy it without having to worry about, checking the standings or watching uh, the out of town game to see what's going on. I do have to offer a quick uh, apology though, for uh, there was a certain overzealous Twitter account, which is the second city hockey one, where uh, one of the angles of the second Bedard score, it looked like from one of the angles that they put on the broadcast, it looked like when he, uh, moved the puck to his forehand, that the puck went in the air and then he shot it out of the air if you look at it from another angle, it's clear the puck just went up on edge and just the angle and the lighting and everything made it look like the puck was in midair. So, so that was my fault. I was the one who tweeted that, uh, still a really pretty damn cool goal that he put it right under the bar when the puck was completely on edge. Um, but not, not, not quite as cool as, uh, initially thought, but, uh, I'm, you know, maybe he'll do that next week instead. Dave, don't ever apologize. <laughs> he he will levitate a puck at some point. Yeah. So don't worry about it. We'll, yeah, we'll all be there for it. Well, yeah, I, I, I was just about to ask uh, your thoughts, Eric, on the last two Bedard experiences. So first of all, I love him staring down the Florida fans and all the mean mugging oh, yes. and all the, the, the reactions that he's doing. Like that is yeah. a plus. I'm here for that. Um, I think the thing that's really impressive to me, and I watched a lot of his goals for the write-ups last season, was he scored in juniors in so many different ways. And it was kind of similar to definitely what we saw in the Florida game, where it seems like he has this hockey skill, this hockey sense that is different than everyone else that's playing the game with him. Like he is on another level above everyone else. I didn't figure, I thought maybe we would see like, you know, glimpses of it here, glimpses of it there. And that's not to say that like, because he did it 
in that game coming off a really strong game in Tampa too, that like that's, it's going to be consistent for the rest of the season because there's some games they're still just going to get whooped. But I did not expect to see that in that way this quickly. So that's the type of thing that makes you, you know, Mr. Burns with your fingers, like (laughs) good luck to the rest of the NHL in the next few years, especially as the team gets a lot better around him too. He's only going to keep getting better. I mean, what, how, what do you even say? That first goal was just ridiculous. Yeah. Just even the stick lift and to take it to just come out of nowhere. But he like head faked Bobrovsky as he's shooting it and just the angle and the way that he roofed it up over him. I don't know if there's probably certain players in the NHL that if they were just standing there with the puck on their stick with no goalie in the net, I don't know that they could even score that goal. So for him to do that, and it's just all reactionary right away. I mean, that's incredible. And then it's almost like he one upped himself on the next one, you know, the inside out and Ekman Larson's not what he used to be, but he's still a solid defender. And he just went through him like he was a ghost, like he was nothing. And then to perfectly place it the way that he did, like right over Bobrovsky as he's going down, like he had complete control of the puck. And that's why I'm not surprised at all that you're like, did he just alley-oop it to himself? Because he, from the second he picked the puck up, he did exactly what he wanted to do with it. And that was the end result was that goal. I mean, we get to watch this for the rest of the year. There's going to be so many more, I think, ridiculous plays like this. And we've seen him come close a couple times and not quite be able to cash them in. So now, and it was just funny, you know, a week before there was a lot of like, oh, you know, Bedard, like he's kind of, I don't know, the Calder race and this. And then now <laughs> it's it, after two games, it's like, well, fuck. <laughs> sorry every other kid like he's sorry here. logan cooley not just that but you yeah. know sorry to the rest of the nhl sorry to all the other teams now you have to try to you have to account for this kid you have to try to figure him out so i mean incredibly incredibly impressive both plays like what a joy it is that we get to watch him we get to write about him and we're gonna like get to see all the steps that he goes through this year. But that that's what it, the first thing that jumped out to me. It just reminded me of a lot of the different types of goals that I saw him score in junior. And I think it was Corey Proman even broke down every single goal he scored and was like, he doesn't really have a pattern. He attacks you so many different ways. He scores from so many different parts of the ice and so many different angles. So we saw a lot of his shot for his first, I don't know, five goals or so. A lot of it was just he gets space and he beats he beats the goalie clean with the shot. So now we're starting to see some different types of goals and different types of plays from him, and it's it's really exciting. I I think the most interesting thing about him to watch is that um, he because of the way he thinks the game and his ability to match up his hands and his feet and everything with how fast he thinks the game, he is going to do things that other people simply are not capable of doing. And it's also hard to anticipate what that is going to be because it's just, it's, it's like a, an artist with a blank canvas. You don't really know what he's going to create, but you know, it's going to look pretty cool by the time it's all done. And I think that's going to be a lot of Bedard's goals because he has a creative element to his game. That is just uh, unique. And that that's why he's, he is he is everything that he is. Uh Mill. Oh, go ahead, Eric. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, I was gonna I was gonna say that's I mean, when you talk about general generational players, which is what you know he's been called, he's been touted as, that's that's they have their own thing that they bring that is unique to them, that's different than everyone else. And so we're starting we're already starting to see that. Mill, what about you? What are your counter Bedard thoughts? You know, it's funny, like, there's this weird detachment you don't think is there. So we know how good he could be, or, like, we're hoping, and we've seen all the highlights and, and little flashes, but it feels a lot like when you'd see Kane or Taves do something when they first came, and you go, oh, like, yes, there's an actual weapon here. <laughs> like, they yeah. can actually build around him. Um, obviously, a different scenario a little bit, but... It, it's like okay he's as advertised this is good it's good and i think the biggest thing that 
kind of everybody else sort of said already is it's it can grow it's going to get better and that's a scary thought for fans of opposing teams yeah scary thought for everyone but us yeah i just i uh i just like i can't wait to see what's going to happen next i think that's the that's the most fun part of this is now that um it, it feels like even if they you know he goes and say like in a few weeks, he goes through a little slump where there's three or four games where he only has one or two points or doesn't have a goal. Uh, maybe, maybe the league makes some sort of adjustment to him. It feels like it won't be that long until he figures out another adjustment and starts scoring goals right back again. Yeah. And at some point, I don't know if you can adjust to him on certain things that he does. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, seriously, it's, it's almost, you know, McDavid's kind of like this too in a different way, but th- there are some things where he's going to figure out a way to beat you. No man. And, and, and Eric kind of said that with the different ways he can score. Um, I think it's just adjusting to the NHL, learning the game speed, learning just the kind of the feel of the game, but it's coming. I mean, we're seeing it right now. Yeah. I like that game. I like to Betsy's point about the game against the Panthers on Sunday afternoon. Like the Hawks got pretty thoroughly outplayed in that game and ultimately lost. And the only reason it was close in any way is because of Bedard, because of those two goals he scored that kind of got there, woke them up a little bit. And then if Tyler Johnson connects on that last second shot, when he seemed like he had a, a decent open, decently open net to look at. And I don't know if the puck bounced there. He just fanned on it or what, but the Hawks could have stolen a point from that game. Very easily. It, they were very close to doing that. So imagine in like two or three years when if some of these other players pan out, there's a few veterans picked up in trades or free agency, what have you, and the, the players around him gets a little better, then you take that uh you take that improved team around Bedard and you have a, then you have the player who can single handedly score two or three goals a game without much help. Seems like that's going to be a pretty damn good NHL team, doesn't it? And they're going to be fast. <laughs> like all the, the everyone, you know, and the next couple of drafts could change, but that's, that's been the key has been speed. So not, you have to account for the speed of the team, which is going to open up some space. And then you have a guy who might be really, really hard to stop. Who's going to have a lot of open space because of all this, like, you know, it's, it's, they're building a Death Star here, and it might. <laughs> it still could take oh. a couple years, but this this will be. And I think it'll be a very different team than some of the incredible teams that we were, you know, lucky enough to watch in ten, thirteen through fifteen. Like it's it's going to be a different animal. But I mean, yeah. just fast and relentless. You know, that's what they keep saying. I, I mean, that's kind of how the Hawks were when they got good. They were faster, and then Colorado kind of reinvented that. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking early Hawks, not like 15, but like 08, 09, 10. So I think Eric's got a great point about the the speed's going to be key. They were really fast passing too. Like that was that's what made yeah those they played, early they played fast. Yeah, the Hollywood pass. <laughs> I will. I'll say that I don't. I think it's still going to be more than a few years because we're talking about. They've only got what two forward prospects up that are worth anything right now, and Reichel hasn't found his game yet. Um, he, he's looked better, but he, you know, so you've just got Bedard, and then you do have three kids on defense that look like they're legit. You know, Korczynski obviously looks good; he's a baby, but he looks good. Um, Vlasic can't really complain about his game, and Kaiser's coming in too. He's looked real comfortable. These last, like once they switched him back to his. Uh, correct side he's looked real nice so um you got to be excited about that but like there's not a, like it's still a while away <laughs> well, Betsy once they sign uh either uh Willie Nylander or Mitch Marner in free agency you know we'll well, I'm just saying, this like, a little bit. <laughs> like Neither and uh more you know even if they come next year they're gonna be babies in the NHL it's gonna take yeah. them a year or two to to get it like the black like i always talk about like people are like the blackhawks were good just a few years after kane and taves um like impacted the team right Mm -hmm. but they had a lot of those young players already in the system ready to go and some of them you know a lot of them were hitting 23 24 um which is still really young players but the Blackhawks right now are their best players will be hitting 
23-24 in like four or five years. Their best players and prospects are all teenagers. Yeah, well, ex- except for some of the kids on defense, obviously, like Vlasic and, and Vlasic's, I think, the oldest, and then Kaiser's second. But yeah, like Korchinski, Bedard, Moore, Nazer, all of them, whoever they draft next year, uh, they're all... They're, I'm going to keep calling them babies because that's what they are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they relative, relative to the rest of the league, yes, they absolutely are. Mill, sound like uh, you were going to say something, so go ahead. Yeah, I just Googled it. So it says that it took 20 years for the Empire to build the first first Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> but the second, one, the second one was operational in just four. So maybe that's good news for us. <laughs> there you go. It, uh, what was the drought? Yeah. They say when they won the cup in 2010, what was that? Uh, 49 years. 49, yeah. 49, yeah. there you go. Well, that's your first number. Year. That's your <laughs> yeah. first Death Star. Yeah, well, that that reminds me of is one of my favorite tweets from uh, the initial Blackhawks. The, the last Blackhawks good era was uh, somebody tweeted like, I think it was uh, something happened in like the first or second round. First or second round of the playoffs, the Hawks had some really good game or something happened and somebody tweeted, it looks like the Blackhawks Death Star is once again fully operational. And uh, that tweet has not applied for many, many years now. And, uh, and again, I, I think Betsy's point is correct that it'll be many more years before it is once again. But um, it feels like they've got a Emperor Palpatine uh, at the helm right now. So that's that's a good start. There's many people who we could call in for a Palpatine, but I'll I'll leave it at that. Yeah, well, I I didn't. I was trying to think on the fly of which one of the uh, who from the Sith like didn't ultimately end up dying, but I think most of them did. So, yeah, my my Star Wars knowledge is not the uh, not the most robust thing there, but hopefully, I'm sure somebody's but somebody will be tweeting us when this comes out and tells me my yes. uh, Emperor Palpatine comp is completely off the mark from oh, Bedard. But somebody apologies, is pissed right? Yeah, now. I. <laughs> Someone's oh, well. like really mad, like throwing up Star Wars stuff, and I'm like, sorry, I watched the first, like the original ones, like ten years ago. I don't know shit. <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's steer back into the hockey direction. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, <laughs> Please. Anyway, uh, so there is one other thing somewhat related to the kind of Bedard talk that I wanted to get into, and I forgot to mention this in our pre-show uh, production meeting. Uh, so apologies for this, but I, I'm, I'm surprise. I'm sure, yeah, surprise. I'm sure Betsy will appreciate talking about this though. But there was an article in the Sun Times that popped up online on Tuesday. I, I don't know if it's in print or not yet, but uh, it's it's all about Phil Kurashev and his return from injury and how he's kind of found a home on the top line with Connor Bedard and Nick Felino and uh Felino being there feels like a a that's a one year rental situation veteran leadership yada 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 and all that um which is fine but i i the thing about Kurashev that's interesting is or Kurashev's spot there is obviously he's a we're all a big fan of Kurashev here have have been for a while and like he's i don't think any of us had any delusions about him being like a a dead set top six guy, but if he, he does seem like he would have enough ability to perhaps compliment a player of Connor Bedard's ilk, or maybe like the Nazers or Oliver Moore's down the road. So the fact that he's up at the NHL level and he's playing with Bedard and things and good things are happening on that, that line seem to be pretty encouraging, right, Betsy? I mean, he's, He's only played seven games, so it's a very small sample. It, it, it is that, yes. But he's also got the second best points per game after Connor Bedard, and he's really high up on 60, his, uh, 60 stats. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited about there's – there's a whole thing, like, of, of uh, players that can only play, like, they can only produce when they're with other good players. And I feel like that's, like, 90% of <laughs> top six guys. If you put them in the bottom six, they don't produce. That's just how it works. Um, Dylan Strom got this a lot, you know, like, yes. oh, he's not good because he needs Patrick Hayner to bring it to play. Well, he's in Washington right now, and I think he's outscoring everybody except yeah. Bedard on the Blackhawks. So, you know, shove it. Uh, <laughs> I'm still so mad that they didn't keep him. But it's he had fine. a great goal tonight, too, actually. I he just like, saw, he, I what, saw the Was that his seventh or eighth goal that's, of that's the a year? Se- yeah, his seventh yeah. goal. Like, fuck it. He's a good player, and good players need other good players 
who produce. That's just a fact. Not everybody is Patrick Kane who can lug around two blah kids, right? And Bedard was lugging around some blah players, and now he's at least got one Kurashev is doing well. And I haven't disliked Felino on his line. I don't I think he would be better with other people, but I don't He's doing what he's doing, right? It's it's um, it's fine for this year. Like I'm not, yeah, I, I can't lose sleep over it. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so I, you know, like Kurashev put him in the best place for him to succeed, and I think he will. And I think so far in this very short sample, he has shown that. I think he's he he showed he showed it last year when he was with, you know, again fourteen games, twelve games, whatever it actually was with Reichel and Athanasiu. They were a great line and he was producing. So, you know, keep skilled players with skilled players and Kershaw probably will be a good kid to have down the line. And if not, they can flip him for other players, but I actually think he's a keeper. Um, so hopefully that continues, but I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Like you're going to bring up the jellyfish thing. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's yeah. They, that was in the uh, the Sun Times article that he got stung by a jellyfish because he was swimming in the ocean. Um, Eric, apparently, you have experience with getting stung by jellyfish. You're, well, yeah, you're, we know. You're, not only are you our pizza correspondent, <laughs> you've just been hired as our jellyfish correspondent. So, congratulations. My nature nature man over yeah. here. Um, no, I was just saying in our Slack. There's there's all kinds of different. I think everyone thinks like jellyfish, like you know burned flesh and but there's all kinds of different ones my wife and i lived in the caribbean for a year you get stung by little ones all the time and most times it's just like irritating and annoying every once in a while you'll get one that's that's kind of bad but i mean i I think there's i don't think it was it was anything too crazy otherwise it probably would have we would have heard about it yeah a couple days ago as opposed to if it was like a portuguese man of war that got him yeah, or like box jellyfish. I mean, that'll like paralyze you. They can kill people. But yeah. um, so, I mean, I anybody who's been in the Atlantic Ocean has probably been stung in, in some capacity, I would assume at some point. But so okay. I'm just glad he's all right. It is, a, it is an urban legend that peeing on jellyfish thing actually <laughs> helps it. It actually will not end up worse for you. You should <laughs> use vinegar. I saw. I saw uh, several people make that exact joke about, so which one of the Blackhawks teammates had to cure his ailment? Tenorti. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. Thanks for getting to the bottom of that, Bill. <laughs> yeah. he, uh, no, he does. No he does. He does look like somebody that absolutely would be like the first guy up. Like, yeah, I'll pee in. Well, yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, this is false, but I'm going to do it anyway, just in case. Uh, <laughs> make it for a good story later. Yeah. Um, but the point, the the one thing that came to mind as I was like reading that article about Kurashev is like uh, the player who came to mind was Chris Kunitz, who made an entire career out of having really good chemistry with Sidney Crosby. I don't think anybody's putting Chris Kunitz in the Hall of Fame, but he had he was a very long time a long term linemate of Crosby because there was some sort of chemistry between the two. And, you know, again, seven games, small sample size and all that. But it doesn't necessarily have to be another generational level talent that clicks with Bedard and becomes a, a frequent line mate of him. It can be a guy like Kurashev who just has a complimentary set of skills that seem to work well. And they develop some sort of on ice chemistry and it works for the next 10 to 15 years. That'd be really cool. It could be Kurashev. It could be Oliver Moore. It could be Lucas Reichel. Like there's a long list of candidates for it. Um, but I, I think there's at least that's something to watch for the next uh, handful of games to see if that, that uh, that line continues having success. Well, the first goal Bedar scored in the Tampa game, he saw the way that Kurashev was moving with the puck. It was almost like they're talking to each other, right? He sees Kurashev coming across with the puck and he gets inside position on Hedman mm-hmm. and he opens up with his blade. So he mm-hmm. gives Kurashev somewhere to go with the puck. If he doesn't try to go backhand and Kurashev recognizes that and gets the puck to him and he taps it in. I mean, that's, who else is doing that right now on the Blackhawks with him? I don't know that there's anybody else, you know, and him and Felino works really well on that line. Cause he kind of goes and gets it or goes and hits guys or, you know, four checks his ass off. But I don't know that like, as far as passing goes, you know, him and Korchinski, Korchinski obviously found him for that great goal against Arizona, but 
we saw Donato biff quite a few. We saw Tyler Johnson biff quite a few that Bedard has set him up with. So, so far, I mean, Kershev looks like the only one that can kind of hang with him. Um, and even, you know, that Jersey game, Bedard had set Kershev up for a really, really good look at the end of the game when they were trying to tie it up. So we've seen a little bit of chemistry between the two of them. And at least it looks like of everyone else on offense, Kershev is the one that can kind of hang with him so far. So whether that's for this year or the next couple of years, like it doesn't matter at the moment. It's good to see. Yeah. And I, I think there's a, uh, that is a, that trio is a kind of, uh, tried and tested NHL forward combination of you have a guy in Felino who can forecheck and knock the puck free. Kershev has a speed to corral it and pass it to Bedard who has the ability to score. That's, that's three complementary pieces on a line together. Uh, so it's not, in, I guess if you think of it that way, it's not an entirely shocking thing that they are working together well, and uh, hopefully it continues for the long term. Well, and at first, you know, when he, he put Hall on the third line and everything was kind of juggled. And then, but it weirdly seems to have kind of balanced them out a little bit. And obviously that sucks really bad that, you know, Hall's out and hopefully he's coming back soon. It sounds like, you know, it's maybe not as bad as everyone first thought. Yeah. Oh, that was real bad. Yeah. I mean, initially you look at that line, like you don't want to mess with that line now. You, you know, it's, it's everything you just said. Like they complement each other really well, like leave him alone and let him go to work. Absolutely. All right. Well, I, I got we... one more thing to add before you move on. Please do, Mill. For our merch site, can we please get an LBR shirt that says "Shove It"? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have two shirts now. One is is somebody you know just telling um, Richardson to stop being a coward, um, and then one of me saying "Shove It." That'd be great. <laughs> I would fucking wear that shirt to like any game I would go to. It'd be awesome. <laughs> Why don't you combine it and just tell Richardson to shove it and stop being a coward? Shove it, you coward. But, like, it'll be a, a cartoon of Dylan Strom saying it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he should say I don't, it. I don't know that any of this is legal. I'm just going to put Dylan Strom on a shirt saying uh, No, it it'll to... just be a caricature that looks like <laughs> Dylan Strom. But yeah. due to international copyright law and the Players Association, it is not actually Dylan Strom. I think you just, like, Put like the stripes from the jersey, not the logo, uh, and just have the number, the font of the number match the font on the jersey. No name because the name is part of the licensing. Like, uh, this isn't legal advice. Don't take my word for this, but we can. We, <laughs> I'll have Betsy. We'll have. Uh, I'll have my people get in touch with your people. I so. think technically my people make the designs. <laughs> your people are the designers. <laughs> so have your people get in touch with your people and figure that all out. <laughs> that'll be great or it's just like a, a caricature that represents betsy that says lbr on it that has a word bubble that says shove it lbr dylan strom's number one fan hey i think i'm at least one b yeah <laughs> president we, we, and we, vice president of his fan club yeah we we dylan strom is right behind dave boland on the totem pole here yeah <laughs> two very although Corey, yeah him. although Corey crawford is like the god figure somehow yeah He's in okay, sorry place. about that. <laughs> no, no, no. We have we have new merch ideas. We're gonna, we can we're, we're gonna work on that. Um, all right. Do, we're, do we're, we have more time for a Blackhawks thought, or are we done? With oh, oh no, go ahead. Yeah, we we got plenty of time. What else? What else? Are right. we gonna... I I had one more thought, and that's the power play is obviously straight garbage right 22 percent of the time it works 22 percent of the time <laughs> two two percent of the time it works six percent that's a fifth of a fifth somebody do the math for me that's uh one out of 25 four percent so yeah that sounds about right garbage yeah, um, yeah it's not so great bob richardson sent the fourth line out for the last 30 seconds of the first power play in florida i don't know if he was trying to send a message or what exactly if they were just already punting on it. Um, I know Colorado does this sometimes. Why don't you just leave Bedard out for the entire two minutes? Like, I don't see the point. You know, I think Jones switching Korchinski and Jones seems like the obvious thing to kind of do something more to get it, to get better looks and to get it going. But if you want to get Korchinski and Bedard working together on the power play, why don't you just leave him out for the entire two minutes? 
I, I my my only thought is that they're not uh is it is in an effort to not give Bedard 24 25 minutes of ice time this early in his career. That's the only thing I could think of as a as a counter to that is overall ice time might start to pile up. I know the power play minutes those aren't necessarily the most difficult uh shifts to take, but you know, it's still that still could add up to a lot of ice time if he's skating the entire power play. Or he's just being a coward. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we know he is. Um Bedard's are already skating more than like Kane and Taves did. Um I'm looking right now. He's skating more than Korchinski. For well, yeah. to, to be fair though, Kane and Taves roster was definitely not this bad. Yeah. 07, it was decently not great, but I mean, they, Decent, they were like th- decently <laughs> yeah. not great. That's, um, but that's, yeah, but the, that's another merch idea. But, uh, there were three points out of a playoff spot, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That they were, they, I don't remember the exact number, but they like, they flirted with it in March and I think faltered down the stretch. They played mm-hmm. in a line together a lot too. Mm-hmm. It was sharp. So, but yeah, like the, it's, I don't know. I, I, like the thing I would like, I think the thing I would want to see more of is just get Bedard and Korchinski out there on the power play together. Uh, like I don't know. Say that again, Betsy. I said in general, like that's yeah. the whole, that's my whole, you're a coward thing is like, just put <laughs> the kids, even if they're not out there on five on five um, and you're making a kid's line or anything like that, um, go ahead and put them in the soft minutes again, they're already having because again the, the the worry is um defensively they'll have goals scored against them but they already have that happen um sometimes power play looks like a penalty kill um so you, you might are not well, wrong you, you are might not as well wrong. let Korchinski like experience that uh and then maybe you'll see more happen I I really honestly wish they would load up um I, there, there's quotes from like Sharp, I think it was, that said that it was great that Savard let them essentially run wild because it let them like stretch their their legs a little bit more. <laughs> you know, their creativeness. <laughs> Savard um, didn't give a shit though. <laughs> yeah. No, but like it worked out really good. Yeah. For those those players to get, you know, they they built up chemistry. They built up offensive. Awesome. Like they, they just were super confident in everything they did. And I don't, Richardson is not that type of coach. So I don't think he's going to do something like that, but yeah. you could do it on the power play. Especially since the power play sucks. You might as well try. Well, I like, I, the thing is like, I'm not, I'm not too worried about the power play not being good right now, just because every time you watch it, you're thinking who is on this power play. That's going to be here in, at least like as soon as next season, but like even like two or three down the road, it's, it's a, it's a low percentage, at least of the top power play unit. So, you know, like I feel like the players that, uh, Bedard and like, it would be nice if you had Bedard and Korchinski out there together, let them start building chemistry. Absolutely. Maybe throw Reichel in there too. But, you know, I think the, the future Blackhawks power play line mates of Bedard and Korchinski now are all playing in college or in juniors or somewhere else. They're not here. So I don't, I, I can't, I, you know, Nick Foligno's on the top power play unit. You know, I, I he's going to be here. If the power play sucks, maybe next year, someone will be better. And Corey Perry's probably only here for one year too. So there's two names. They should just do a like a Bufflin and let fucking Korchinski play on the other wing, <laughs> like during the power play, and then have Seth Jones quarterback it. Fuck it, who cares? I Try something. Do that the other way around. Let Korchinski be on the point and put Jones out of the wing because I, I don't know. I think Jones Eric made that point a few weeks ago. The idea that like Korchinski can at least like Jones will run the point, but he doesn't really attack the net ever and. Yeah. Uh, I think you said, like, Eric said, it's like Seth is more of an east-west guy, but Korchinski can get north and south. I mean, and Seth's that... big, too. Just put him in the crease. <laughs> I, I don't think he would appreciate that very much. I don't know if he wants to go get his ass kicked in front of the net like Corey well, Perry's been doing for the last 15 years. You, you know what, Dave? I don't, I don't appreciate sitting through these ass whippings every game. So, <laughs> you know, tough shit. Yeah, I don't, I don't appreciate watching this power play. Yeah, he's getting paid more than we are. 
All right, more more things to bring up to the players uh, in, in future media things. So I'm not allowed to go to the games? <laughs> not, not now. <laughs> <laughs> Just pull uh, the old Savard quote. It's hard, to, it's hard to win in the NHL. Yeah, can't confirm. All right. I think we're going to take a quick time out. We're going to gather ourselves. We're going to get a regroup our power play units and, and uh, come on back on the other side of this break for uh, some more stuff before we get on out of here. Welcome back to musings on Madison here on the second city hockey podcast network. And if you've been missed, if you felt like the Blackhawks haven't played a ton of games lately um, and just in general in the first month of the season, that's about to change very quickly. Like so far, like we're almost to the midpoint of November and they've only played four games this month, but there are eight more in the back half of this month coming up, uh, starting with Thursday night against the lightning. Then Sunday afternoon, they're in Nashville for a one o'clock start. Another really weird weekend afternoon game in the fall feels very strange. And then after that, it's a quick turnaround back to Chicago to play the Sabres on Sunday night at six o'clock. And the next Wednesday on Thanksgiving Eve, they are playing in Columbus against the blue jackets. So, uh, there's a lot more Blackhawks hockey on your schedule coming up very soon. Uh, if you're the, uh, so the Connor Bedard tour will be in full effect very soon here. Um, nothing really about any of those games stands out to me. I think Buffalo is a uh, Buffalo's a fun, been a fun team to watch. So it'll be interesting to see them up close at the United center, but um, yeah, it should be an interesting uh, set of games coming up here. And then after that, there's Toronto, St. Louis, Seattle, and Detroit to end the month every other day starting on uh well they start next Wednesday and play every other day for the rest of the month. So get ready for some more hockey. Cause there's a lot coming your way. Anybody have any thoughts on the schedule? Shout out to my all time favorite uh, night before Thanksgiving game. The Hosa first game uh, back. Hosa against so that was an all timer. Yeah. That, that was a great one. Mm, yeah. Sharks. That, that should be a, <laughs> That should be a holiday in the city of Chicago. I don't know what the actual date of that was, but that was uh, losing my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I feel better about Hadlet being gone. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I think, uh, I mean, I, I, I was still of the age where I was going to bars on the night before Thanksgiving then. And I just remember being at a bar just every time it looked like every time I turned around, the Hawks had scored again. I said so, Betsy and I would have been like juniors in high school then. Don't say that. It was it was 2009. <laughs> yeah, that would have been 2009, yeah. so 14 years ago. Babies. Yeah. yeah. I was losing my shit. I was like, oh, holy shit! Like Hosa. I mean, yeah. I knew he was good, but like seeing that in the Hawks jersey, like we hadn't seen anything like that in a long. I mean, I was probably like a little kid, like next, yeah. like it was I, Amani Aronic, right? Yeah, but Doing like the, like the type the type of player that Marion Hosa was, you had not seen. Uh, like I can't speak to like night uh, anything early nineties or before. Uh, but so I had not seen anything like that in a Hawks uniform before. So well, and they maybe, they never they never got that free agent before. You yeah, know? they yeah. they never signed that guy, and then just for him to come in and then just be hurt to start, it was just kind of like this weird delayed, you know anxiety and anticipation and then for him to kind of show up and announce his presence like that it was just like oh okay like oh damn hey, you've never seen a two-way player like that either well especially i feel like there is a uh, a general like i feel like anytime any chicago team signs a big name free agent it seems like they end up being a bust and so for hosa to show up and immediately be like no i'm a future hall of famer <laughs> Yeah, like I remember on TV, they were like comparing him, like, "What do we got here, Dennis Rodman?" Like, <laughs> is that the close next best thing as a Chicago free agent? And well, and Rodman was a trade. No, I uh, yeah, trade he technically was a trade, but so, I think they're just saying, like, you know, the comparison, but not definitely not the same. So maybe we'll get like a Connor Bedard five goal performance on uh, Thanksgiving Eve or something. Hmm. Bro, uh, my opinion on the schedule too is whole thing sucks. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't uh, – I thought I saw someone else had – I don't know if it was a Twitter thread or a discussion in Slack or something that it seemed like there had not been – there had not been a ton of NHL games 
anywhere. Like the entire schedule had been light to start the season. And maybe they do that on purpose to avoid going head to head and ratings with the NFL and, and the early NBA, like the NBA in season tournament that they're doing this year. But uh, it's about to business is about to pick up a little bit here in the month of December. The Hawks play eight. They play 15 games in December of the 31 days. So that's fucking yeah, weird. Yeah, that's it's going to get that's busy. That's with the Christmas break too, yeah. That, yeah, with the Christmas break in the middle of it. So, uh, so buckle up, folks. We're we're gonna have a lot of games to, to talk and write about here very soon. Um, in season tournament, by the way, is so stupid for American sports. Doesn't make any sense. Why? I'm curious. Because they're all in the same league, playing for the same trophy anyway. Okay. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. you watch. I mean, if you watch soccer, and I know Dave, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like. It doesn't make sense to me. It's like, oh, here's your, you know, it's like third place or something. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think that's a fair point. I don't, I, I haven't really put too much thought into it because it's such a new thing. Uh, but your point is well taken that there's not any other leagues for them to insert team. There's no, there's nothing new about any of these matchups. Yeah, like if the NHL just did the same thing and had a, a middle tournament in the middle of the season just against other NHL teams, I mean. It, it it would not be as exciting as like, but there there is no like. I mean, if you had an NHL and AHL tournament, and somehow the Rockford IceHogs showed up and beat the Red Wings, like that'd be pretty funny. But uh, that's yeah. not how they run that. But so. there's there's no cup stuff. There's no Champions League. It's all all the best players are in the pros here. Yeah, it's a, it's a different. It's a it's an entirely different system. So it doesn't seem to work as well. Sorry, that's just my two cents. We could save that for a different pod. Yeah, we'll we'll do that in the in the summer in the off season when we uh, try to think up uh, other ways to make American sports more interesting, like or uh, steal things from European sports that we wish American sports would do. Singing, singing, please. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, as first reported here at Second City Hockey, uh, Thanksgiving is next Thursday, so uh, we have obviously with us being the best food themed hockey podcast on the internet, we have to uh, get our. We got to get our appetizers in now because we're going to be, you know, next week's going to be the main course. So uh, we, as we were discussing this in our uh, pre-show production meeting, uh, we realized, Eric, this is the first time uh, you've been on uh, on these airwaves for any of the holidays. So my, one of my responsibilities in the next week is I'm going to go back and listen to all our old pre-holiday episodes and make sure we don't redo any food takes. Uh, related to the holiday season and maybe try and find something new to discuss. But I understand you have an opinion or a thought to share with us uh, related to the upcoming holiday uh, smorgasbord of food. I do have a controversial Thanksgiving uh, opinion food take that people always give me crap for every single year. Um, And this is just applies to me personally. I'm not trying to make any blanket statement that applies to everyone else's Thanksgiving. I don't care about anything but turkey and mashed potatoes. And I don't eat anything but turkey and mashed potatoes. Anything else is inferior, and you are taking up valuable real estate that belongs to turkey and mashed potatoes and gravy and maybe a a little thing here and there. But for the most part, I don't mess with any other sides. I'm just straight up turkey and mashed potatoes. That's it. Those aren't even the best two things. <laughs> I on will the fight you in the snow-covered streets. <laughs> I will fight you too. It's fine. I will win. <laughs> I tried dirty. And me and oh, Dave are the two going to wrestling next week. Yeah. And, I, and I'm going to bludgeon Eric with a loaf of bread. because Stuffing is the best. Oh, Let's just... oh God. No, okay. What is it stuffed into? The air? <laughs> how, does it, how does it get its flavor? Dude, you have to like soak it in the dri- like the drippings. How do you make stuffing? What's wrong with you? What's happening? But if you if you're taking turkey off the table, then how does the stuffing exist? That's my the point. Turkey is just it, there to help flavor the stuffing. Like I don't. The stuffing <laughs> is dependent on the turkey, so you cannot discount the turkey. Of course, I can. It's there to just help the stuffing taste better. Um, you can also use broth. Um, lots of people just use broth instead, um, and that comes in a can, and I don't need the turkey for that. But I don't dislike turkey. I'm just saying it's not the best. And I don't think normally I'm very much into potatoes being a, like a top-tier food. But one, I don't really like mashed potatoes as much as others. I like scalloped potatoes are probably my favorite that you can have. Um 
but I don't like, obviously pie is the next best thing that you can have at, and then Mac is the next vegetable that's the best mac and cheese. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mac and cheese <laughs> is a vegetable. On I'm just show. gonna keep saying that. From, I went to a restaurant. Salad table. Yeah. I just I went to the restaurant the other day that literally had that. It made me giggle again. Um, but yeah, no, it's not. I'm trying to like turkey is not even my favorite meat that I eat at Thanksgiving because we always have a ham as well, and I like ham better. I'm just. Like this sounds like Eric. If you if I heard somebody tell me that the plate for Thanksgiving was only turkey and mashed potatoes, like this sounds like the plate of a fussy six year old eater who refuses to do any sort of experimentation with any of the other incredible things on the table and just going, no, I'm gonna have turkey and mashed potatoes and that's it. So I guess my question is, is this the thing you settled on when you were six or seven years old, and this is the lane you have picked for ever since? No, you know, every once in a while I'm talked into trying something that somebody makes and brings, or why don't you have this? Or, and every single time I immediately read it and I'm just like, no, I should have just stuck with the turkey and the Who mashed potatoes. Thinking? You need to just come, come to the South. <laughs> <laughs> I will help you. Like, I mean, just deviled eggs alone would still uh, be oh, better stop. than turkey to me. I, that's not Thanksgiving to me. That's like baby shower okay. food. That's a that's a backyard barbecue. <laughs> baby shower food. I, I'm okay. saying that my my wife loves deviled eggs, so all her baby showers, it was like 18 different kinds of deviled uh, eggs. Well, so you know what? That I'm, I'm I'm glad at least somebody in your family will have a a good uh, some good side dishes at Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's fine. Every, everyone else can have them. I'm not trying to prevent it from Thanksgiving. eating them. Deviled eggs is very much a like every big meal in the south thing like they're just like let's throw some in there and the way you make it can change depending on which meal it is is it easter is it christmas is it fourth of july i still to be eggs yeah i just i don't i i I mean like i don't know who's uh cooking all these foods at your uh, thanksgiving gatherings eric but i feel like you are I feel like you're you're disrespecting like name, them by not not em, enjoying the things that they are preparing for you. Like Dave and Mill, name your top two things that you eat at Thanksgiving. What would your top two be? I'm like mm. a fucking garbage disposal. I eat everything. <laughs> I know, but like if you had to pick your favorite two, like like you're not being like Eric, you're just excluding everything. But what are your favorite two? Because for me, it's stuffing. And then if I have to say with savory, then it's going to be mac and cheese. But I guess it depends on the mac and cheese. Um, my mom makes really good mac and cheese so I'm all, all for that then pies pecan to be specific see i i, I, I don't I, include pies as part of the meal i'm not of course i'm eating pies and I mean, i'm eating all kinds of, of pies i mean it's then it's a different course of the meal but it's that's what i mean meal. um we also have like um Depending on what type of bread, like the bread can be really good depending on what you have. All right. Well, because that's where I was going to go. And this is very specific to our area. So Mill will be the only person that knows this place. And we might have talked about this in prior episodes, but uh, Teeble's bread rolls are a staple of our family's <laughs> Thanksgiving. And you, you just you toast them and they're they are just the absolute perfect type of bread roll. Uh, they're incredible. Just a little bit of butter on them. So it melts because they, they're fresh out of the oven are outstanding. And I would probably say uh, – Sweet potatoes. Uh, I I usually and I'm usually the person who makes them, so I'm a little bit biased. I will admit, but I love some good yams at Christmas or Christmas, at Christmas too, but also at Thanksgiving. Yeah, I my mom makes like this cornbread casserole type of thing, which it doesn't taste like a casserole. It's like cornbread, but it has corn in it. I don't know how to mm-hmm. describe it. But yeah, it's very I know good. exactly what you're talking about. Yes, yeah, I, I had some at Halloween. This is very good. It's very good, but like. That's like one of my favorite things. But to me, it's like if I name my favorite things, I also love cranberry sauce. I get a lot of weird looks for that. Um, But uh, I I mean, like it's weird if there's no main portion of the course. I wouldn't just eat those two, if that makes sense. I I I don't know. Like like those are my favorite, but I don't just want that. When I get seconds, um, I just sometimes I just get a bowl and put stuffing in it and then douse it in gravy and that's what I'm eating. I'm not putting any <laughs> meat with it. It's just stuffing in gravy. You All guys right, know like how the Simpsons are animated to eat really fast and they run to the TV. That's pretty much me on Thanksgiving because <laughs> football's on and I'm just like this is delicious. I'm eat everything. Ready, go. 
Um, so Eric, are you at least specific about like which cuts of meat you're getting? Like, are you getting the light meat from the turkey, the dark? Are you getting the, no, the drumstick? I'm, like dark, dark meat all the way. Yeah, okay. I usually get a drumstick. We've had it at our house the last couple of years, so I make the turkey. Um, so I reserve at least one drumstick for myself. As, um, as like, you but, should, as you sh- if you're the preparer, I, I think that's that's totally justified. You're like Bob from Bob's Burger. <laughs> I'm excited. Be, I, I don't know the show. Mm, oh my gosh. First of all, please watch it. It's hilarious. Um, but no, the they have the recurring joke of him like being obsessed with making the perfect turkey every year. Um, but the turkey's his favorite thing, too. My See? brother and I are devising a plan to get the Popeye's turkey snuck in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully no one in your family is listening to this episode then. But the thing is, though, with Popeye's, knowing like how bad they are every time you go, like the food's good, but they're going to fuck the order up. And I'm going to come <laughs> home with something else. So I'm like, how did I not notice there wasn't a turkey in there? <laughs> it's like 500 biscuits. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I, that's not a bad Thanksgiving. You gave me 500 Popeye's biscuits. I, I could. I mean... <laughs> Stack them in the shape of a turkey and carve it. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be passing them with a hockey stick. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that is. I mean, I, that that is an interesting food take. It's it's been a while since we've had one that kind of felt like it was a curveball thrown uh, at at the rest of us. So at least I, I appreciate the uh, the originality of it, Eric. Even if it feels just excessively uh misguided i'm glad to contribute i like the other things i just don't like them more than i like a whole lot of turkey and a whole lot of mashed potatoes i'll just throw out there like i think you just need a good spread and then every like i don't care what people eat like just have a little bit of everything good so you can have what you want i have like my grandma did it for years she's a fantastic cook my one aunt she went to culinary school she's a fantastic cook They've done all kinds of stuff. My wife makes a couple great things. I used to make a couple other things too. And maybe it's just I'm getting older and crabbier. But it's always the portions of everything else over the years would recede and just get smaller and smaller. And I noticed one year, like my interest in getting anything else was completely gone. And I was just like, I'm not even going to mess around. Why would I mess around? I'm just going straight for the things that I enjoy the most. It's. Uh, See, I'm a, I'm I'm known to mess around, so <laughs> yeah. that's probably why I'm on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, I, well, the it's a, I I think it's more of a football uh, an old timey football coach phrase about just doing the meat and potatoes, but you are literally just doing the meat and potatoes. There you go. So, I, I guess mean, uh, that's Steeler football right there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's ex- exactly the the fan base that would appreciate that reference, as yep. I think the Bears fan base would too. I think, um, yeah, very, very similar in structure to run the ball and play defense. And it's kind of boring like the Hawks, but they, if you win, it doesn't matter. Well, that's, that's where you lose me at the bear. At the, the bears comp falls apart the whole winning thing, but you'll get there. Yeah. Uh, will we know? Will we? I, I have faith in you guys. Yeah, good. That, Th- this that next quarterback they draft, this will be the quarterback. <laughs> I like I like Tyson Bajan. Damn it, Eric. Don't, I, I don't, I, I just, I'm, just do what the Steelers do, man. Kenny Pickett throws for 115 yards and like no interceptions, and they run for 200. You're fine. But the Bears' defense isn't even good anymore. It will. You gotta. You gotta build it back up. This is why I need the Blackhawks to be good because the Bears have, like, the White Sox have. Sorry, Betsy. Maybe. By the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The, the White Sox have nearly killed my baseball soul completely. The Bears are working on my football one. My hockey soul is alive and well, and I need it to stay that way. I think so. baseball sucks now. Like, I love the sport of baseball, but the, the league is kind of, like, whack. Um, I agree with you. The, the White Sox are the two thousand, the early 2000s Blackhawks right now. So I, I They're need a new owner. They're in the hinterlands. That's never going to happen. Well... There is one way that well, on that note. <laughs> wow. That was depressing. Yeah. Way well, to end the show. I, well, let's, let's end on the positive note that Thanksgiving is next Thursday and I may, uh, I love the holiday season. It's my favorite time of the year. Um, and the fact that Thanksgiving is on the 23rd this year means you get 
about as long of a holiday season as you can possibly get. And uh, I think I'm sure I've said this before that Thanksgiving is I feel like one of the signs that you're an adult is when you realize that Thanksgiving is by far the superior holiday to Christmas because it's a guaranteed four day weekend every year. It's the start of the holiday season, not the end of it. Um, there's sports on all weekend. Uh, there's just, there's so many things about Thanksgiving that are good. And, uh, I, I I'm very excited that we're on this part of the calendar again. And I'm also excited that the day after Thanksgiving, there's a Blackhawks game at one o'clock on, uh, on Friday afternoon where you can sit down with all your Thanksgiving leftovers and watch Connor Bedard drop a hat trick on the Leafs. That's going to be fun. But we he's can talk. Go ahead, Betsy. I said he's due for a hat trick. He, he's damn close. Two, 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 two goal games. He needs that three year right now. I want to see him and Matthews go at each other like you know Kane what? and, Ma- yes. and Matthews did yes. a couple yes. years ago, where they're like pointing at each other and copying each other's celebrations. If he wants, he could do it this weekend in front of me. He can all go into the Nashville game. Oh, that's You're right. Too bad, but Dark yeah. probably can't grow a mustache like Matthews yet. No, that's well, Kane couldn't do I, that. I don't think he no. ever will be able to. I don't yes. think Austin Matthews can grow a mustache yet. Uh, I think it's on his face. His, his is very creepy. Yeah. He's a weird looking dude. He oh. is a weird looking man. Somebody uh, that I know got me from a game store, like one of those big advertising posters from the window of when Matthews was on the cover of the game. And it's fucking weird. I was like, thanks. Why did you give me this? I watched, there was some Leafs documentary I watched and it's, you see his mom and you see his dad and like, sometimes you see a person and they're the exact perfect combination of those two. And like, you see his parents and that is exactly him. That's crazy. Poor guy. Future, uh, future Blackhawks free agent signing Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner or Willie. One of them. Not not anymore. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. I forgot they locked him up. Yeah, they locked him up. Yeah, Willie. Willie's the only one. Big Willie Styles, the only one who might make Big it this year. Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Marner, Marner, summer 25. Oh, Mitchie. Yeah, yeah maybe. There maybe Mitchie Mitch. Maybe. Uh, but we can do that episode in the summer of 2025. All right. We've got, we'll have some Blackhawks games to talk about next week. Um, hopefully, we'll be, uh, we'll have one more pre-show episode and our pre-Thanksgiving episode. And we can, maybe we'll uh, talk Eric into some uh, exploratory food choices between now and then, or maybe nope. we won't. Huh? <laughs> nope. All right. Maybe nope. not. <laughs> well, well I tried folks. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be back next week with another episode and hopefully we've got about eight to 10 more Connor Bedard goals to talk about. And we'll talk to you then. Bye.